Welcome in, everybody, to the week five edition of the ATF Ball Show. Today is Tuesday, October the 6th. I'm your host, Greg Demko, and I'm joined in here by a new member of the podcast, Trey McDowell. How's it going, Trey? I'm doing good, Greg. How about you? Good. Interesting week this week all around for the league. Um, what would you say is your biggest takeaway? If you had to choose one thing. Um. I'd say the biggest positive takeaway is that Joe Mixon is an RB1 when he's used in the passing game. I mean, he for sure against the Jags. He had six targets for six receptions with a touchdown and 30 yards in those receivings in those receptions. Yeah, I know. You always love to see that. I think my biggest takeaway from this week, um, it'd have to be with to be the Cowboys because their defense was so bad. And because of that, I think they have six people on their team that are every week starts. Dak Prescott so far is the QB1. Ezekiel Elliott so far is the RB4 on the year. Amari Cooper's the wide receiver three. CeeDee Lamb's the wide receiver 14. Michael Gallup's only the wide receiver 30, but still a startable flex option. And Dalton Schultz is the tight end. So pretty much everyone that's not on the offensive line on their offense, literally all six other people are starts every week. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think they're playing from behind. I mean, they have yeah. since week one. So, I mean, they're throwing the ball a bunch. There's, they're putting points up. I just yeah, well, yeah, I completely agree with that. Dak Prescott's on track for 6,700 yards. I'm not saying that's going to happen because next high is what the record is. Peyton Manning with like 5,400 something. So I'm not saying he's going to get 6,700 yards, but if he can even stake someone on the pace he's on, I think that those six are all very easy starts. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think Gallup's time is Yeah, coming. no, for sure. I mean, he only had the one blow-up game so far. CeeDee Lamb's obviously fared a little bit better so far. CeeDee Lamb's been kind of getting out the underneath stuff, a lot of like the more high percentage catches while Michael Gallup has been. He's been getting the targets. They've just been the more low percentage, deeper targets. So he'll have his big games. He'll have some bust weeks. But I think overall, he's worthy flex play, especially in 12 and, 12 and up man leagues. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think every single person on that Cowboys offense is startable. They've proven to be high caliber. The defense just can't. Yeah, keep no, up. and that's always what you want to see. I mean, same thing for the Seahawks. Like, their defense is always letting in so many points. So that's why Russell Wilson is throwing so many touchdowns. And that's why Tyler Locke and DK Metcalf are doing so well. So, yeah. The next thing we got, uh, let's get into the quick question of the day. This one was from Instagram. He has a question about, he says, what is the fantasy outlook going forward for Justin Jefferson? I think this is a super interesting question because Justin Jefferson, he didn't do much first couple of weeks. He was lined up in the slot most of the time. But now weeks three and four, all of a sudden, he's lining up on the outside. And we've seen two 100-plus yard games this last week. Not quite as good as, the, as week three, but still both very good games. Where would you rank him amongst other wide receivers? Well, I first want to say that the reason that he wasn't as good this week was just because the touchdowns exactly. were there. I mean, the touchdowns will come. He's getting the deep shots. He's getting the targets. I mean, I think going forward, he has a chance. I mean, I I honestly see him and Thielen. They could be top 15 yeah, guys. No, I mean, sure. because the Vikings are going to be playing from behind. They're going to be chucking the ball downfield a lot. I mean, I think that as of right now, he's probably sneaking in on that top 30. Yep. But – 
I mean, I think he can only go. Well, that's up what I was going to say. I mean, his ceiling is top 15 for sure. I mean, he could fall into that Stefan Diggs role that we saw Stefan Diggs a couple of years ago being a top 15 wide receiver. I think right now, like you, I would put Justin Jefferson, I don't know, somewhere in the 28, 29 range, you know, inside the top 30 for now. Because his floor, I think, I mean, he could disappear on any given week. But at the same time, like you said, his ceiling is top 15. I like, yeah, I agree with you. I think he could disappear, but I think with the move from slot to the yep. outside, I just think that's, I mean, that's done so much for him. The yeah. targets are there. You can, I mean, you see that uh, this quarterback is way more comfortable throwing to him when he's out there. Thielen is just, he's, I mean, he's still going to be that consistent yep. target guy, but I think Jefferson is going to get the targets and he's going to get the deep. Yep, totally agree with that. Thielen's still the high target kind of guy, but Justin Jefferson's are deeper targets. He's falling right into that Stefan Diggs role as soon as they move him on the outside. Let's get into some over-unders. These ones were also submitted on Instagram on my story, so if you want to be part of this next week, go ahead and just go on my story and you can submit over-unders. So all of these will be at a 0.5 so that there's always an over or an under. We're never going to be right there. So first one that we have submitted is Allen Robinson. Will he be a top 12.5 wide receiver against Tampa Bay this week? I mean, so the last two weeks he has been a top 12 wide receiver, but the first two weeks he was not. And last week it was kind of concerning because he had 3.3 half PPR points until all of a sudden the last two drives, he just got all the garbage time work. So what's your opinion on that? Do you think you're going to take the over or the under on this one? It's close. I mean, Tampa Bay, they're kind of mediocre yeah. passing defense. I could see it going both ways. But, I mean, last week Nick Foles did not show that he's any better. Yeah, than I totally Trubisky. agree. They're the like, same part. I think whoever plays is, I mean, you're going to get the same results. I mean, Robinson will still – he and last week, really, the only time that he got his points was yep. the garbage time. Like that was it. He caught that one touchdown that kind of took him from a not good fantasy day to yep. a good fantasy day. So I'm gonna take the under yeah, on this so, one. I think he finishes out. Yeah, the okay. top I was a little confused with what the question if the over would be like below top twelve point five, just because thirteen's higher. But yeah, no, I think I think the under would be below top twelve point five. So yeah, I'm gonna take the under on yeah. this one as well. Um, next one we got is Russell Wilson, 3.5 touchdowns against Minnesota. I picked this one from there because I like this bar. I mean, he's been throwing. I mean, he threw like, what, five touchdowns, then five touchdowns again, and then he had like four touchdowns. This last week he only had a couple. But yeah. I think, I mean, I think Minnesota's secondary is one of the worst in the leagues, and that's coming from a Vikings fan. So I'm not – no bias there. I just – I absolutely don't think that our secondary is going to do anything this year. So I'm going to take the over on this one. What's your thought on this one? Yeah, I'm going to chime in a little bit on this one because I think that I'm going to take the over too. But I will play devil's advocate a little bit. They did play Miami last week. That was supposed to be a very plus matchup, just like this is supposed to be. So – to be honest, I could see it go either way. I mean, we've seen Russ be one of the streakier quarterbacks. I totally agree that in the past few years. Yeah, last year. This year, maybe not. Yep. But I think the two touchdowns last week against a matchup that should have been a very plus matchup says something. So I do. I will take the over, but I do see the path where 
he doesn't reach that. Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. Last year, I mean, I owned him in a couple leagues last year just because of where his ADP was. And, yeah, he finished as, like, the QB3, but he was very streaky. I mean, he would go on a couple games where he'd throw five touchdowns each game, and then you would have a couple games where he threw one touchdown. So, yeah, like you said, I could see it going either way. Um, assuming that he's going to get four touchdowns is a lot, but I do think, like you've said, kind of too, against our secondary and also – Minnesota will probably put up some points to the point where they actually have to do something. I think that's the difference between Miami and Minnesota is that Miami, they didn't really put up much of a fight at all. Minnesota is probably going to lose this game, but I think that they'll at least put up some points to the point where Russell Wilson has to throw. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next up we got Mari Cooper over under 9.5 receptions week one. He had 10. Week two, he had six. Week three, he had nine. And this last week, he had 12. Definitely not what we expected from Amari Cooper thus far in the season. He's usually a more inconsistent player, but with Dak throwing how many times he's been throwing, he's been more consistent. Where do you lie on this side of this one? I'm going to take the under on this one just because of the matchup. They play the Giants. The Giants are not a good yeah. football team. I think that Zeke is going to have a big game because they're going to be in a positive game script. He's going to be running the ball a ton. I think they're just going to cram the run down New York's throats and that'll be all shit. Yeah, shoot. no, I could definitely see that. I mean, what the Rams versus Giants, 17 to nine. I mean, if they score 17 points, I mean, they'll probably score a little bit more than that. But even if they score, like, let's say like 24 points, he's probably going to land on the under. So yeah, I'm going to agree on that one. I'm going to take the under. So far, we've agreed on everything. Uh, our fourth one today is Tyler Higby, top 8.5 tight end. Now, this one is interesting because three out of four weeks, he's been like, what, outside the top 20 tight ends, but then he had the week two where he was the number one tight end on the week. I own him in a couple leagues. I don't know what to think about him, so I'll hand this one off to you to start. This one's tough. It is. I mean... He obviously had the historic streak at the end of last yep. season and then coming into this season and this season's drafts, everybody was like, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know if it's going to continue. And yeah, like you said, had the yeah. one big week. I think it's just too streaky. I mean, they are playing the Washington football team. I haven't quite got used to saying that yet, <laughs> yeah. but they are playing the Washington football team. They have not been good against tight ends yep. this year. So I'm going to take the over just because I think the touchdowns will come. This well, game, that's where I land. Just like they did in that week. That's where game. I was at when I was looking at this one. That made me think it was so interesting was the fact that Washington's, I think, let in, I think it's the ninth most points to fantasy tight end so far. So not very confident in their defense stopping him. But also it's a little worrying that Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby ran about the same amount of routes last week. So, you know what, just to differentiate so that we'll have different sides of this one, I'll take the under. I was kind of up in the air on this one. Uh, next one we got, the last one, we got Kareem Hunt. I think this one's super interesting because obviously Nick Chubb is out for six weeks. Over under 19.5 touches. He has not had 20 touches in a game this year, which is surprising because he's a top 12 running back so far in the season. 
But I'm curious to hear if you think that'll change at all with Chubb gone for six weeks. Obviously, Ernest Johnson kind of fell into that role, had 13 rushes, but no reception. So similar to that Nick Chubb role. But do you think Kareem Hunt's touches at least go a little bit up to the point where he gets 20? Yeah, this one's uh, yeah, this one's tough. I mean, week three he had 16 touches. That's been his highest yep. this season. With Chubb gone, and them playing the Colts, I think I'm gonna take the over on this yes, one. He... Just because I mean they rushed for what well, they rushed for like 300 yep. yards. In That's Togel the thing. Like you're game. not you're not gonna see Odell Beckham ending a drive on the first play on it like a what a 70 yard rush touchdown very often. It's not gonna happen. I mean the yeah. Jarvis Landry 40 yard throw to Odell Beckham. Those are the kind of plays that usually won't happen in this offense. You're more gonna just see the ground and pound all the way. So I mean yeah, and what was that? No, you you go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. The other thing I was going to say is that, I mean, they're not going to score as many points this game. That's just all there is to it. I mean, that was – hey, we were not expecting that from that Browns team last yeah. week. So I think, I'm gonna... I think he gets the touches. I think he gets yep. the work. But he might not get as many scores. But I think the touches yep. will be there. The yards will be there. And the opportunities will be there. I think I'm going to take the under on this one just because um... – just because he hasn't done it yet. I mean, I'm more of, I'm more of, I more take the approach usually that I want to see the player do it before I say it. But also you brought up a good point. You said something about the touchdowns. That's one thing. What he has, he has that, he's got to have, I don't know, it's either five or six touchdowns through four games. I mean, that doesn't seem like a, yeah, he's got five. Yeah. It doesn't seem super sustainable throughout the season. What that puts him on track for what, like 18, 19, 20 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns. Yeah. I don't know how well that's going to continue, but yeah. thus far he's been very good. And with Nick Chubb gone for what they said six weeks, I mean it's a minimum of three since they put him on short-term IR. But that's now looking very hopeful. So yeah, so yeah, I mean it could go either way. If this game is close, then I could see him yep. breaking that. But if it gets to the point where both teams are throwing the ball, Cleveland's defense starts struggling again, I could see it being yep. the under two. So we both took the under on Allen Robinson as the top 12.5 wide receiver. We both took the over for Russell Wilson, 3.5 touchdowns. Both took the under for Amari Cooper at 9.5 receptions. And then the last two we differed on, Tyler Higby, you put him at over. I put him at under for 8.5. And Kareem Hunt for 19.5 touches. I landed on the under and we landed on the over. So we'll have to see the results of those after this week. Let's get into our starts of the week. Who is your start of the week this week? My start of the week is Joshua Kelly. And this is, I had a tough time with this one because I think that the opportunities are going to be there. He has fumbled both times the last two weeks. Last one, it was kind of, it was like one of those fumbles that was half his fault, half the quarterback's fault because it was a bad handoff. So then it kind of just went bad from there. But I think with Eckler out, I mean, he's the better running back out of that backfield between him Agreed. and Justin Jackson. I just think I don't see any way that he doesn't get majority of the touches and gets and finds the end zone once or maybe even twice. Well, yeah, the that's line. the thing. I mean, a lot of people are down on him just because a lot of people have that chase the points mentality. And last week, what he had think nine rushes seven yards and a fumble. So, I mean, if you started him, there's a chance you lost 
when you could have just not had him even in your lineup. So I can see where some people would not want to start him this week, but I agree. Uh, who do they play again this week? Chargers. They play uh, the Saints. Yeah, I know, and that could be a pretty good matchup. I mean, you will have to see. The Saints, it matters if we see the Saints of last year or the Saints of this year because the Saints of last year, you didn't really want to start a running back against them because they're probably going to be down early. But the Saints of this year look more towards a middle-of-the-pack team, and the Chargers have looked a lot better with Justin. Yep. So, yeah, I like that start of the week. For me, I'm going to have to go with Darius Slayton. Uh, hasn't looked good the last few weeks, I'll admit. Uh, he was the wide receiver four in week one. Then week two, he was the wide receiver 84. Then the wide receiver 69. And then the wide receiver 57 this last week. But he plays the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys have let in the second most points to fantasy wide receivers this year. And I mean, with the, it's also the combination of their secondary and Dak Prescott, who's going to probably throw a good amount of yards this game, even if they do take a demanding lead where, I mean, also like you pointed out, Giants probably aren't going to put much of a fight up. So they'll be down most of the game. So I think this is one of those opportunities that Darius Slate could have, that he could have one of those big games like he did in week one. Sterling Shepard is also on injured reserve and he'll be out. So that's part of my reasoning also. But I mean, obviously Darius Slate every week, he's a risky start but I just think he has a chance of a blow-up game, and I think he has that week-winning potential that I want to have him in my lineup this week. Yep, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's hard not to, especially after what Odell just did. I mean, Daniel Jones could be scrappy. I mean, it could be he throws two, three picks, maybe a fumble, but I mean – he's going to keep throwing because that's all they're going to be able to do. So he's going to, those touchdowns are going to come and Slayton will most likely be on the opposite. Yeah. It is a little weird that Daniel Jones has been a little bit even more like streaky when throwing, like I mean, he's shown some good throws this season, but he's had some really wild throws, which it's kind of weird to see him. It almost seems like he regressed a little bit in that department from last year, but nonetheless, I mean, even if he throws a few picks, I agree. I think Darius Slayton will be, a good wide receiver this this week. I'll probably have him high 20, so like 28, 29, or I'll put him low 30s, like 31, 32, somewhere in that range. But I think he's a startable flex play just based on his upside this week. And I'm also curious, who is your sit of the week this week? Um, My sit of the week is Joe Mason. Oof. And this one was tough because, yeah, I know, this one was tough. He came off of best game of the season probably one of the best games of his career yep i just i mean they were in a positive game script that game and i mean that's the first time that they've been in that this season or one of the first times they've been in that this season i hope he proves me wrong i really do i like to see him succeed just considering the ups and downs he's had these past couple of years but i mean they're playing the ravens they're gonna be down all game and like if the passing work is there, then, you know, it might be better, which last game he showed that that was there and he showed that he could do that. But from the sample we have from this season, that's not consistently there. And I don't know. I just don't think this is a consistent start. And I'm not saying that if, if this is your RB1, I mean, don't bench him. Yep. But if you have the choice, you should sit him because chances are he won't break that 10 point 
Yep, I totally agree with that. But uh, let me throw out a couple of names. I'd just be curious to see where you would draw the line on starting your sitting because some people might not have a great option on their bench that they can take out Joe Mixon because he was either their first or second round pick. So let me throw out a couple of names. Who would you start, Ronald Jones or Joe Mixon? Ronald hmm. Jones playing the Bears. <laughs> Throw that one at me. <laughs> um, that one, I think I'm still going to go with. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought yeah, no, it close. definitely is. What about uh, David Johnson? Facing the Jaguars, so it could be a positive one, game script for once. That one. Yeah, I probably would too. I mean, Joe Mixon just exploded against them last week. Yep. I mean, it's the same. Same type of thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's really tough to start to sit Joe Mixon after that kind of a week, but I agree. If you have the pivot option, do it. I'm in a couple of leagues. I've I have Joe Mixon two I my seven leagues, and I don't have a pivot option. Otherwise, I would. Um, my sit of the week is going to be Jerry Judy. Um, so far in all four games, he's had at least fifty yards in every game. And people are getting trapped by the fact that Patriots have allowed ninth most points to wide receiver up to this point. So people are thinking he's a good start for this week. But the thing is, they played Kansas City and Seattle. I mean, the Chiefs have Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, uh, Nicole Hardman. I mean, obviously, they're going to get points to the wide receiver position. And the Seahawks have Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf. So obviously, those are very tough matchups. So I think with Gilmore shadowing Judy, since Judy's their best option right now and fans going to be out. So the way Bill Belichick plays, he, I mean, not plays, the way he coaches, he usually targets the top option on a team and just says, we're getting rid of him and we're going to make someone else beat us. So I think this could be one of those weeks where you see one or two catches. I mean, even last week, I mean, he had a technically a good week, but what, it was like two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. It's just with Mm -hmm. Brett Ripien throwing the ball, I I don't know if he's the confirmed starter or not, but if he, I mean, I know Drew Locke, I don't think will be back, but even if he was, I I don't know that I want to start any Bronco other than Melvin Gordon this game. And really, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd start Melvin Gordon. I mean, what's in the news right now is that Philip Lee is coming back this week. So. Yes, Melvin Gordon is coming yep. off of a good week, but they also aren't playing yep. the Jets again. It's just week, tough because so. sometimes you don't always have the best pivot option, but I agree. No, no, I no, agree. Yeah, there yeah, are yeah. a lot of players that I would yeah, start I over him. Would you still say that Melvin Gordon is in the RB2 range, top 24 this week, or would you put him a little outside of that? Because it's tough with all the injuries. I mean, um, Eckler, Chubb, Mo. Yeah, that's the so other thing. Players. And I mean, I need to. I need to pump the brakes a little bit on my sits of the week and whatever, because yeah, I did pick a high one there and I know that a lot of people won't have that pivot. Melvin Gordon is still in that. I mean, even if all the running backs were still here, I mean, I think they paid him. So they're going to give him the ball, whether it's Philip Lindsay time or not. So he still is in that. RB2 range for me, but it's towards the yep. back. And I totally that. agree with that, that like sometimes you're sit of the week. I mean, sometimes you can't sit him like, but it's more just, you're giving a warning to people. Hey, he's not going to have that 42 point game that he had last yeah. week or 40 point, whatever Joe Mixon had last week. He's not going to get that this week. So it's more just a warning. If you have a better option, play him. But 
if you have to play Joel Mason, play him. But it's more just, yeah, like just giving them a warning. Against Baltimore's defense, he won't do as well. And the same thing with Melvin Gordon this week with Philip Lindsay back. Totally agree with that one. So let's get into a little bit of this or that, which player we would rather have rest of the season. The first one I got here is, speak of the devil, Joe Mixon or James Robinson. So Joe Mixon has been the RB8 on the season, but much of that, almost all of that came from last week where he had the RB1 performance. Then James Robinson on the other side, two spots ahead of him at RB6. Um, Joe Mixon, I'm pretty I'm 95% sure that he's had more touches to this point. I probably should have checked that before. But James Robinson's been a little bit more efficient behind the slightly better offensive line. Where do you land on this side? Um, I lean Mixon here. I, he's not going to play the Ravens yep. every week. That's what it comes down to. Um, I know we've been kind of harping on him since he's playing Beb. And like I said, I mean, I hope yep. he I mean, you wouldn't have the takeaway of the week, so I mean, we're totally dead. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I take Mixon just because he's too talented. I mean, there's a reason that Robinson was an undrafted free agent. I'm not bashing him. Obviously, what he's done this season has yep. been really good. And if you got him off waivers, then, I mean, you're probably winning right yep. now. But I just think, I mean, I think the coaches are going to realize that they gave him the targets. He caught the balls. He scored. He, they gave him the touches. He got the yardage. I mean. Well, that's the thing. Producing. Joe Mixon last week proved why they shouldn't be keeping on putting on, putting in Giovanni Bernard on third downs. I mean, you've got a guy in Joe Mixon who he can catch those third down passes. I don't know why they kept on putting in Gio Bernard on those passing situations. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, Joe Mixon proved it. Six targets, six receptions, had a touchdown, 30 yards. He proved he can catch the ball. I mean, that's one of the things that he was known for coming out of college was that he could make some of these catches. So I agree. I would land in the Joe Mixon side, but man, it's really tough if you did. Like you said, if you picked up Joe James Robinson off the waiver wire and you've been starting him, you're probably winning. And so it's so tough to bench someone or trade someone who's had a better season thus far and been much more consistent. But I too I do tend to agree that Joe Mixon's upside is higher than James Robinson. And James Robinson, I mean he had a touchdown in each of those first three games. Or no, not not in the first game, but the in the second and third game, I believe he had three touchdowns in those two games. Maybe only two, but yeah, I don't know. I tend to agree on the Joe Mixon side. The next one we have is David Johnson or Todd Gurley. David Johnson is the RB23 on the season thus far, and Todd Gurley is the RB15. The worrying thing about David Johnson is that he had a 96% snap rate in week three, and in week four, that dropped down to 55% with Duke Johnson there. So that worries me a bit there. What's your take on that? Yeah, that that was probably the deal breaker for me. Before last night, I probably would have leaned Johnson yep. still. But I mean Gurley the main thing for Gurley is that he's getting yep. the goal line touches. Like Hayden Hurst has not produced. Normally he's a red zone target, but I mean he he's he hasn't produced. It's because they've given everything to Todd mm-hmm. Gurley. And they have I mean, they've been managing his workload enough to the point where that knee issue hasn't flared up again. 
so I mean, that's kind of what he was in those two years that he was top of the fantasy world. He was a touchdown monster. And I mean, he's proving that he can still do that to a yep. certain extent. So well, that's the thing last here. year, he was still the highest graded red zone rusher by PFF pro football focus. So it's like, he's always a good red zone guy. Like even in those games, like he did a good job staying up to get in the end zone. He, he definitely lost some speed from the earlier days in his career, but in the red zone, he's still a reliable option for that team. And with David Johnson going down 45 per, 41% in snap percentage, that's definitely worrying. At first, the narrative for me that I had for David Johnson was he'll have better days because he played tough defenses. He played Steelers, played Ravens. I mean, those are tough defenses to play against. But now we played the Vikings and didn't do too well. So I land on the Todd Gurley side as well. Next one we got is Tyler Lockett or OBJ. Tyler Lockett's been the wide receiver six and OBJ has been the wide receiver 10. But obviously this last week, Tyler Lockett didn't have the best week and OBJ was the wide receiver. He was a, he was a top five wide receiver for sure. He might've been the wide receiver one on the week. Yeah, I think he was wide receiver. I think it was close either. I think that was just because of like the long rushing touchdown, though. If well, you yeah. Him just his actual receiving stats. Then. Yeah, I know, and I agree that's um here. Eileen Lockett. Go ahead. You know, I was just saying with OBJ, it was definitely tough because the thirty-seven yard touchdown on a trick play where Jarvis Landry was the quarterback, and then like you said, a seventy-yard rush touchdown. Those are things that don't keep up. Yeah, I mean, here, Eileen Lockett, and this one was tough for me, but it's mainly Lockett because of the quarterback situation. I mean, Russell Wilson is playing at the caliber caliber of the MVP right now. Yep. And Lockett, the targets weren't there this week, but they didn't play very good. I mean, Chris Carter, they rushed the ball down Miami's throats. It wasn't a very high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. So... I think that'll come back. This one is, I mean, it's tough because I think that the Browns are starting to use Odell the way that he needs to be used. I mean, you're not seeing Jarvis out there as much. And quite frankly, I don't think that we are going to for the rest of the season. I mean, I think he's kind of out of the picture now. Mm-hmm. They That on Odell's second touchdown, I mean, they drew that play up for him. It was that slant going to the left where Baker threw. I mean, it was an okay pass, but, I mean, Odell hauled it in. They drew yep. up the play. He connected. So it's tough for me. I think Odell could be like a this. If you're going to sell high on him, this is the week to sell high. Yep, totally. And for me, it's it depends on who you get because I think there is enough value with him for the rest of the season just because I think they're starting to use him the right way. Yep. So it's got to be for the right guy, but I think if you're going to sell him high, this is the week to do it. Well, yeah, you brought up a trade to me earlier before the podcast about, uh, what was it, Kenny Galladay and Joshua Kelly? Or no, Kenny Galladay for Joshua Kelly and OBJ, and you said you didn't need Joshua Kelly. So uh, you ended yeah. up, do you end up taking that one? Um, I'm still thinking on it. It is I, a tough one. I've kind of, yeah, I know. I kind of looked at, I mean, I know Galladay had a good year last year, and I know that Stafford is probably the more reliable quarterback. For sure. But I think, like you said, 
when we were talking about it earlier. I mean, I think Odell is going to have those. He's obviously going to have more of those big blow up games than Galladay is. And the thing that's kind of intriguing for me about him is that the targets have been there for him. That's one thing that wasn't there last season. Like he's getting, I mean, I think his lowest targets have been six this year, which isn't great, but I mean, that's me. It's mediocre. So, I mean, that's there. So I think that increases his floor. So if he gets those boom games, but also can increase his floor from what it was week one and week three, I think, where it's two bad weeks. I mean, I would, he's probably, if he can do that, I think he's a top 10 receiver for the rest of the year. Well, that's the thing with Odell Beckham. Like the difference between him this year and last year, this year, he's going to have those weeks where he is going to single-handedly win your team. It's like, he's going to win your week that week. So it's really tough to let go of him, especially after that huge performance. But I do think he also will have some bust games. I mean, that's just kind of how Odell's always been. Um, even on the Giants, I remember he'd have some weeks where he didn't kind of show up. A lot of times just from an injury, but that's just kind of how he's always been for a wide receiver. And yeah, I do tend to agree. I would take the Galladay side. Part of the knock on Galladay last year was that he led the league in touchdowns, but he's already got two touchdowns in two games. So it's looking like that's just who the lot. That's just how the Lions play. They give Galladay the touchdown. So I don't know if there's going to be much regression in that department there. The last one we've got. Yeah, I agree. The last one we've got is Tyler Higby or Noah Fant. So we already talked about Tyler Higby a bit. He's the tight end eight so far on the year. Noah Fant is the tight end four. Uh, Tyler Higby's had 15 targets to Noah Fant's 27. Now, the only reason this is even a question is just because of Noah Fant's injury. Uh, he might be out this week, but then also the quarterback play. I mean, if Drew Locke's going to be out a couple weeks more, a few weeks more, I mean, do you really trust Brett Ripien over Jared Goff with Tyler Higby? I mean, I think for this one, I like I see what you're saying with the quarterback situation in Denver, but A, I don't think – from what the news is saying, it doesn't sound like Drew Locke is going to be out much longer than after this yep. week. Like, I think he's it's one or two more weeks. Someone said he had it. Yeah, someone said he even had a 50-50 shot to play this really? week. Really? That's what I saw, at least. Yeah, I don't quote me on that, but I saw something about that this morning. Anyway, I, I, I think I lean Fant here just because once, I mean, it could only be, one, yes, you might have to wait one or two weeks for his quarterback and for him to be healthy. But the targets are there for him. And that's, I mean, I lean targets, carries, whatever, you know, I lean opportunity. And Higby just doesn't. I mean, that three-touchdown game from Higby, he only had five receptions. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a ridiculous rate. I, especially with Cortland Sutton being out, I just think that he's going to be the dump-off guy. He's going to be one of the, I mean, he can play a deep ball guy. That'll be Judy most of the time. But, like, we talked about earlier, Judy only had four targets last game and he only had two receptions. I think Fant is just going to be that. Now I'm not comparing him to George Kittle yet, but he's going to be that kind of give him the ball, let him do what he I agree. He looks like a superstar. He looks like a superstar in the making for sure. Uh, so yeah, the report on uh, Drew Locke, uh, head coach Big Fangio said that he has a 50-50 chance to play this Sunday, so you were correct on this, but that was previous to today. Uh, today, he did not go to practice. I mean, he was at practice, but he was just observing, according to Mike Kliss on Twitter. So, 
my guess is he probably won't play, but like you said, that means he'll probably play next week. The fact that they were debating whether he'll play this week or not. So, yeah, he's trending in the right direction. That's for yep. sure. And I would definitely take the Noah fan side too, because I mean, yeah, even with that injury, you do, you always want to check that you always want to chase the targets or the rushes opportunity equals, uh, it equals fantasy points. That's just how fantasy football works. A lot of people just like to chase the points. And that is why I sold Tyler Higby high in one league after that week two performance because people love to chase the points. They see a player get 30 points or so, and they'll just they'll trade you a guy that they should not be trading for just because of that one game. But you should be chasing volume over the points. So, yeah, I tend to agree on Noah Fant right there. So, let's see. So, we both end up on the Joe Mixon side, correct? Yes. And you were on the Todd Gurley over David Johnson side? Yep. And we both agreed on Tyler Lockett and Noah Fant. So, yeah, we, we agree yep. with pretty much everything on there. All right. Well, that will go. One more thing about the Fant thing. Um, I also sold high on Higby. I ended up getting Waller out of him. Oh, geez. Because Waller had that .9 week. Yeah or whatever, the really down one or whatever. And, I mean, there were a couple other players in the trade, so it wasn't straight yep. up. But, I mean, that's kind of what – this this kind of relates to the OBJ thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, you just have to know when to sell because some of these players are – I mean, don't get me wrong, they're electric players. Like Higby, I mean, he's a freak. Yeah. He just It's just the opportunity isn't there. Well, that's the thing, so Gerald Everett. When just you don't see that – yeah, uh-huh. And Noah Fant doesn't have that other tight end. I mean, I don't think I haven't seen much. Is is Elbert Okuigbonum? Uh, I don't. However you pronounce that, I'll just say Elbert O because I have no clue how to pronounce it. Yeah, that guy from Missouri yeah, or whatever. Guy, I think like, is where he's from. I don't know. He's either second or third round. I believe third round. Is he out? I haven't seen. Him I I don't know if he's out, but they also have that Jake Butt guy. That they draft, they took him with a pretty decent. Yeah, game. but still, but I, they spent like a fifth rounder on. Yeah, him? Noah Fant though, I think has gotten the majority of the tight end targets. Well, that's not always the case with uh, Tyler Higby. Like this last week, I think I heard a stat. I think it was Tyler Higby ran only fourteen routes, and Gerald Everett ran ten. So it's very, very scary with how close they are. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, that'll do it for this Tuesday edition of the ATFF Ball Show. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Make sure to share the podcast wherever you can. It really helps us when we're starting out just making a new podcast. And yeah, that'll do it. We'll see you all next week.